welcome to Resilience Unraveled. I'm your host, Dr. Russell Thackeray. This podcast is a result of my fascination with health issues, resilience, performance, mental health, accountability and critical thinking, along with many of the other obsessions I bump into in my life. I spend my time working with highly successful teams, organisations and people, and this podcast introduces their remarkable stories, as well as my synthesis of the key issues, tips and strategies to thrive in life. If you find this podcast useful, you can also find other information at qedod.com or russellthackeray.com. Stay tuned to the end for details of how to order a free ebook. Enjoy the podcast. So recently I was asked to write an article around how to fail well. And I thought it'd make a good um, podcast subject because... It's something that um, we think about a lot in resilience, this idea of uh, bouncing back. And it does rather imply there's been some sort of failure first. So let's have a think about the subject. Well, first of all, what is a failure? And I think for many people, failure is an output. So in other words, they wanted to achieve something and they didn't. They wanted to send an email and they didn't. They wanted to achieve a task and they didn't. Or they did it badly or in a way that was... um, not as desired and not as hoped and not as planned. And so, um, you know, what's interesting about failure is that how many people uh, in the world have who are successful have had failures first? So Einstein used to say that I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work. And I think that's quite interesting, isn't it? It's this idea that failure is often seen as a single event. A, um, a catastrophic failure is something that, that happens and that's the end. But in human existence, actually, failure is often the sign of reinvention, readaption. In fact, it's the, it's the fundamental point of resilience in order to fail, in order to bounce back. So um, there are a ton of benefits of failing. I mean, first of all, if you failed, it must mean that whatever it is you're doing haven't, just haven't worked. And uh, people often say to me, I failed. I've been trying to influence a board to um, take on board something I've been wanting them to do. And, um, and, the, and the answer to that is, well, you just haven't found the right way yet. The fact that the output isn't right means that you haven't found the way it needs to be to make it work. People say, well, I want to launch a project in the marketplace and no one's buying it. Well, do you know what? Sometimes the market's giving you information that your product is wrong. So you either keep hitting your head against the wall and get a sore head or you change. And so the real point of failure is to is to get this idea of change, is to get this idea of um, innovation, adaption, moving forward. And um, I think it was Richard Bandler and the NLP people who based this idea that there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. And again, Einstein, who's usually at the heart of this, had already said that there's no such thing as failure, only results. And I think sometimes you only know whether something is working when you engage with what's going on. And um, your definition of failure or success can be so extreme that you don't really... You you can set yourself up for failure all the time by having unrealistic expectations. And it's one of the things to start thinking about when we're thinking about failing well is, could we ever have achieved what we set out to achieve anyway? And so um, as we begin to roll forward into the subject, I think we need to sort of be thinking that through. I mean, it's fascinating. If you look on the internet for 20 seconds, how many people have had failures and then bounced back. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, Beyonce Nils, that's not someone I know myself, Colonel, Colonel Sanders of KFC fame, well, I've heard of him, as has Fred Astaire, Harrison Ford, Henry Ford, J.K. Rowling, Jay-Z, 
Stephen King, The Beatles, the list is endless. And Nick Leeson, who was the guy who brought down Baring's Bank, and Gerald Ratner, the guy who sabotaged Zunfern, have actually today made a success out of, of being failures and showing how they've reinvented themselves. So I think it's, um, I think it's one of those sort of classic ideas that uh, failure is the, um, the beginning of the next successful period. I'm minded in that story in Parks and Recreation, that television series about Tom Haverford, who created a series of books on how to be a successful failure. Um, so let's think about failure then. Um, we've said it's got some good things, and it's we think of failure as being part of a process, uh, and there are five key stages in failing well. And the first thing is to fail and allow yourself to fail, making sure that the expectations you'd set for yourself are realistic. If you set yourself up to be able to um, single-handedly fly to the moon in 20 minutes, um, leaving next Wednesday without a plane, you know, that's never going to happen, is it? And what we're thinking more about is this idea that you're having a go at something and that you're failing, and but failing fast. So you can fail quicker. You can see that if you're doing a project, if it's going to go wrong, there are early warning indicators in what you're doing. If you're influencing someone and you don't get past first base with them for whatever the reason that might be, then you, re you can pretty well figure that whatever strategy that you deploy isn't going to work, so you need to change immediately. Um, if you make a, a failure or make a mistake or something, the key thing is to fess up. In other words, admit your mistake, admit your failure, and be accountable for it. And... Um, Obviously, whatever mistake you've made, put it right, and then learn from it. So you never make make the same mistake twice. Those five keys are really the secret of failure: failing fast, fessing up, putting it right, and learn not to make the same mistake twice. And accountability, as always, sits at the heart of this. And when we start to think about what we got wrong, we need to be very specific in the way we learn. So we need to understand that in that particular instance, doing X would have been better than doing Y. Not saying, oh my God, I should never speak to those people ever again. Or, oh my God, you know, I should never launch a product on a Wednesday because when all Wednesdays are terrible. As soon as your thinking about your failure becomes very generic, very um, uncontained, then really what you're doing now is is you're not learning. You're just sort of being dramatic about your, your failure. And actually, the key to all success is to be very specific and measured and contained around the things that you need to learn from. And one of the interesting things about fessing up and being accountable for your success, uh, failures and success, actually, learning in the same sort of way, is that you don't take on the failures of others because there are some people in the world who like a bit of drama and who like... Uh, or who have lower self-esteem, I should say, um, do like to take on board everybody else's failures. This allows other people not to have accountability and allows them to have the full drama. And of course, there's no learning from that. So it's really important that you can see a failure as part of a process. And, and in organisations, uh, if you're a manager, um, someone making a mistake is genuinely or generally a sign that they're doing something. And it's often a career-defining moment for someone to mis make a mistake and see how they bounce back from it. Um, many, many years ago, I remember um, as a young, crass youth in one of my very first jobs, uh, <coughs> having something go against me and sending a stroppy email out to the sales director, the managing director, the franchise director, the um, business manager, the uh, you know a range of people. That was technically a career-limiting mistake because actually I, A, made the mistake, but exacerbated the whole thing by shouting about it and being dramatic rather than fixing the thing first. 
And one of the challenges with behaviours, uh, with uh, failures, I should say, is that it's not whether you can get over them, it's whether other people can. Um, I was coaching someone recently whose uh, boss has a very low opinion of them. And when we really unpicked what was the basis of the problem, it was because this person, a number of years ago, had said something inappropriate in a client meeting. And, you know, what's interesting then is to think to yourself, well, how can a person reset that in somebody else's mind's eye? And I think it's important to remember that anybody can make a mistake as long as they come back from it. And anyone can make a mistake as long as they learn from it and don't make the same mistake twice. The process of learning will imply some lumps in the road. And actually, as a boss, as a leader, you've got to allow people to fail. You've got to allow people to get the learning from failure. And you've got to recognise that when people are failing, they are doing something. So um, you can see now that actually when we're thinking about things, calculated, calculated risk is the key. And here's the problem, because... If we get into a, um, a position where we make a mistake, uh, we experience some signs or states of guilt or shame, we can go two ways from there. We can become anxious, we can become stressed, and we can then build a fear of failure, which means that we'll not do anything because we might get it wrong in the future. Because either we beat ourselves up, or we, be, we think everybody else is going to beat us up, we imagine a scenario where actually we can never get anything right and we lose our sense of confidence. What we then generate is a person that's completely risk averse. And if their leader is the sort of narrow thinking person that would say, well, actually, yes, you made a mistake, you have no chance of redemption because actually, you know, I, I see this lack of confidence and I can sense that you're being anxious. That leader needs to think about themselves and their role they're playing. And coaching is the key here to make sure that that person can start to rehearse and plan and build their confidence back up. So if we go back to that same position of guilt and shame, which can be a state after a, a big mistake has been made, the person can begin to make choices now about whether to become anxious or whether to resolve the issue, whether to adapt. And we often see this as a sign of building character. And this idea of building character is the key to resilience. And we'll see in sports people, politicians, performers, celebrities, business people, it's that character that comes from bouncing back from the failure. That's, that's what it's all about. So we have to recognise that great careers are founded on the results of mistakes, of failures, and the consequent actions. So if you bear in mind the five keys of failures, fail, fail fast, fess up, put it right, learn and never make the same mistake twice. Have realistic expectations and know that when you've got something wrong, you're going to put it right and come back and come back stronger. And then failure is not so much of an issue. It's just another bump in the road to ultimate success. We hope you found today's podcast useful. If you did, why not subscribe and listen to our other podcasts? We would love it if you could leave us a review. To access our resilience coaching, contact us at info at qedod.com. And finally, if you'd like to download our free resilience ebook, go to qedod.com slash free ebook. Thanks for listening.